Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Good job, y'all. Y'all sing great. Good job. You know, when I, when I was up here earlier and I, when I go back down there, I have to make sure I take the headset off, right, and make sure the microphone is off so that you don't hear me singing over there because that would not be a good thing to happen while we're trying to worship together. But we're glad you're here. Thanks for the band for leading us. Hey, it's the end of 2023, right? Is anybody excited that this year is over? Okay. Anybody have a good year? Might say 23 is a good year, okay. Anybody willing to admit 2023 was not a good year? Anybody? Okay, a few people, yeah, yeah. Life, that happens, right? Um, one of my favorite singer-songwriters is a guy named Ben Rector, and he has a song that says, life just keeps moving on. And it's kind of like, yep, you're up. we're finishing up 2023 today, and sometimes that year is good, sometimes the year is not good, but thankfully, life kind of keeps moving forward. Hey, uh, do I have any parents in here of small children? It's parents of small children. Got a little life hack for you tonight, all right? I'll go on YouTube about 7.30 p.m., do that ball dropping at 7.30 with the kids. Yeah, did it, kids. You stayed up, right? And then you put them to bed, right? And then they're done with them doing the ball dropping, 7.30. Because let's be honest, let's be honest, 7.30 p.m. feels like midnight now, right, with the time change. So it works. It works, all right? So I can't get away with that. My kids are a little too old for that one. They're going to want to stay up till midnight. I don't want to stay up till midnight, but they'll want to, so we'll be there. So 2024 starts tomorrow, and so today we want to talk about a little bit about what next steps look like and what we could be doing for God to be working in our lives and working in the lives of those around us. And so for today, just for this moment, if 2023 has been a rough year, would you just believe with me for a few minutes that God is good and that God is wants to do great things in your life and wants to use you? Just, just for the next couple of minutes, maybe seven minutes and 58 seconds, just believe with me for a few minutes that God is good and that he wants to do something good in your life. Um, a few years ago, we really kind of focused in and honed in on a verse here at church with our staff um, from Ephesians chapter 2. Um, and if you really are new to the Bible or new to this thing called the Bible, if you want to get a gist of the entire Bible summed up in just 10 verses, you can go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 1 through 10, kind of just, they're like the cliff notes, spark notes, whatever it is, the summary of all of God's word, kind of just those 10 verses. You can do that. And so today we're going to look at the last verse, verse 10, to kind of help us understand where God wants to take us. And so here's what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says. For we are his workmanship. Some translations say masterpiece. If you like masterpiece better, go with masterpiece. If you, we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance beforehand that we should walk in them. All right? So you are God's workmanship. You're his masterpiece. And he's created you to do good things, to do good works, which he prepared beforehand that all you have to do is walk in them. We believe this verse to be very true for us and for the people of Journey and for all Christians that God made you specifically how he wanted you to be and that he's going to use you to do really good works for his kingdom. 
Our job is to help you figure that out and what those good works are and to encourage you and to equip you to do those kinds of things. And so back in 2016, um, I came on staff here at Journey in 2015. In 2016, we started talking with our adult discipleship team. That was a team that I was uh, was a part of. We were like, what is a next step? We say everyone has a next step. So what is it and how can we explain it to our people the best to kind of help them do this? And so we came across this, didn't come across, we created this phrase that we use all the time now here at Journey. And here's what it says. A next step is anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. A next step is anything that, that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. So just for the next few minutes, I want to talk about three of those words in there, and then we'll finish up. All right, so the, the words in there that I want to look at. The first one is this, anything, all right, anything. A lot of things can go inside that word, anything, right? Now, we celebrate some really big next steps. In fact, today we're going to celebrate a big step in baptism. But we celebrate community around here. We celebrate serving. We celebrate helping other people. We celebrate some really big things. But there's lots of things that go into the anything. Because here's the truth. All of us are very different. I'm looking out to you today, and a lot of you don't look like me. Thank goodness, right? You, you know you want a bald head, right? No, I'm just kidding. You don't look like me. You're, God's called you to do certain things that only you can do. I can't do those good works for you. I can't do the good works that God's called you to do. I don't know most of the people that you know. And so we have to do the things with it. Be the anything we say here is while we celebrate some really big ones here at church, there are plenty of next steps to happen outside these walls in our community, in our world. And so when we say anything, we really mean anything that brings someone else, you or someone else closer to Jesus. So anything. The next word is brings. The reason we chose the word brings is because ultimately all of these next steps are about God using us, God drawing us, God wooing us towards himself. Like these things make people think good thoughts about who God is. So it brings us closer. We ultimately know that even in all these good works, it's not just man-made, it's that God is working in them and God is using them. So we want to say brings, man, the, the good works he's called us to do will bring people closer to him. So that's what, we, that's what we mean by brings. And the last word there that we want to look at today is closer. It brings you closer to Jesus, right? We don't want to be doing good works that are going to push people away. We want to do things that draw people in. This word closer reminds me of some verses that are found in Mark chapter 2. And here's what these verses say. Mark chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he, that's Jesus, was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. Time out. Sometimes at church here, we get really crowded, right? Please do not remove the roof here to bring somebody. We'll figure out another way that somebody can come in without destroying the roof. No, but these friends were willing to remove the roof to bring their friend closer to Jesus. And then here's what, listen to these last couple of verses. This is kind of wild. They made an opening and let him, let the, uh, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, 
He said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven. What a wild statement in scripture that the friend's faith in bringing the paralytic closer to Jesus, he found forgiveness for his sins. So for us, what friends do you have that you need to be bringing closer to Jesus? What friends are you willing to do anything to help them grow closer to Jesus? Other side of this, what if you're the friend that's on the mat and you need some friends to bring you closer to Jesus? Do you have those? For us, that's why community is so important. That's why we say around here that we we wanna group people together because we know we need each other's faith to help us grow closer to Jesus. So around here, we say a next step is anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. One of my highlights is when we hear about crazy, wild, never expected next steps that people took that brings other people closer to Jesus. That, that, that's amazing because we, we, we know some of the big ones. We love to hear the individual ones that ha- happen. So around here, if you've been to an event we do here called On Ramp, it's where you kind of partner with us. You actually hear us say this. And at the same time, you see it on our walls. In fact, one of our core values is, is we encourage people, we encourage one another to take next steps. The word encourage is super important there because I've been in church my entire life. And here's what I know about churches. Churches are really good at guilt and shaming. We can guilt you into doing something and we can shame you into doing something. And that is terrible. Those are terrible motivators, right? They don't really work. It may work for a moment, somebody feels bad and they do something, but encouragement. Listen, we're asking you to do the things that God's called you to do, where you find meaning and you find purpose and you find all these great things. Why would I not encourage you to do those things? Those, those are the great things. God has prepared these things in advance for you to do. Of course, I'm going to encourage you. Because you know what happens when you do the things that God calls you to do? You get love. You get joy. You get patience. You get kindness. You get gentleness. You get faithfulness. You get self-control. You get all the fruit of the Spirit that God has for us because we do the things that God's called us to do. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that you have prepared good works for us. Thank you that we are your workmanship and you delight in being in a close relationship with us. God, thank you that you choose to use us in the story of, your, of you, of God. Help us to see where we can take a next step this next year. And help us to see who we might need to be in community with, the people around us. And help us to see where you are working and where we can join you in that mission. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Do me a favor, give it up for our friend Alan right there. <clears throat> and he, um, he, was, he was very humble and modest in his explaining his role in this. Uh, in 2015, 2016, we didn't know what a next step was. We didn't have this concept that everybody takes a next step. And Alan blueprinted it with, obviously, the discipleship team, but we would not be where we're at as a church right now. So it's great to have Alan just a part of that, and he's doing a great job here. But I want to say something, and I want to make sure that we completely understand this, that there's people in this room, there's people watching online, there's people down at our Sherwood campus that are going to, this year, maybe even today, make New Year's resolutions, So how many people in the room have made New Year's resolutions? Why? (laughs) Why did you make a New Year's resolution? You know you're going to break it. How many people join a gym 
And then, uh, uh, you know, two months later, you're still paying the bill, three months later, but you haven't gone. And how about, I'm going to be encouraging at some point, I promise you. But, but the New Year's resolution, so I am not a New Year's resolution person. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because they're short term. I want to do something different. When this is something I've been doing for the last several years in my own life. When we started talking about next steps, this was one of my next steps to not just look at tomorrow, but look at the long-term strategy with intentionality of, of my life, my spiritual life. So I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think through this. There's no raising hands. You're not going to ask, talk back, none of that stuff. Just want you to think about it. What do you want to look like five years from today? What, what do you personally, you look in the mirror, you look in the mirror spiritually and physically and emotionally and relationally, you look in that mirror, what do you want to look like? Does, does anything change? Because I believe there's four key areas that all of us need to take a next step in. I'm going to break them down because, because I think it's important we talk about them. And we're really going to break these all down over the next six or seven weeks in the series called Rhythms that we're going to start next week, which you're not going to want to miss, okay? It's going to be absolutely amazing. But here's the first, like, how are you doing, like, what do you want to look like five years from now physically? Physically, what do you want to look like? When you, when you look at the mirror, how do you see yourself looking? Do yourself, you see yourself looking exactly the way you look right now? Do you see yourself maybe gaining weight? Do you see yourself losing weight? And I was, I was challenged with this a couple of months ago. One of my children sent me a, um, a, 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 what do I call those things? Podcast. See, that's how old I am. I don't even know what they're called. But they sent me a podcast, and it was a, it was, it was a guy, uh, Mike Todd, from a church over in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they had carrying you off, and they were talking about um, Craig Rochelle, and they were all talking about physical fitness. They were all talking about going to the gym and eating right, and I was sitting there, and I'm embarrassed, to be honest with you. I'm looking at a picture that was up there the last two services, and go, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be that guy that's in that picture right there because I'm about 20 pounds heavier than I am right now. And so back in October, what I started doing is I started going to the gym and working out. I even got asked today, it was funny, somebody asked me and said, hey, like, did you go to the gym at all during the holidays? It's the holidays. I said, as a matter of fact, I did go to the gym. You know why? Because five years from now, I don't want to be that guy right there. Five years from now, long term, I want to, I want to be alive with energy. Uh, this is what Mike Todd said, and I'm telling you, it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me through a podcast. This is, this is what Mike Todd said. He goes, God will only allow you to minister as much as your body can handle. And I thought to myself, oh my God, my body's breaking down. I can barely walk. I get tired and hurt from sleeping. Like I pull a, I pull a hamstring from sleeping. What's going on? So what do you, what do you want to look like five years? How, how about this? How about relationally? What do you want to look like relationally? Do you want your people group to be the same as it is right now? Can you ask yourself honest questions? Like, is my people group driving me into a place of a closer relationship with Jesus? That people group, the, the, you know, the, that, and, and I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in this. Um, you are a sum of your top five. So think about the top five people that are around you. You are a sum of that. That's why I put people that are winners around me. That's why I put people that understand generosity. That's why I put people that understand vision around me because I want to be the, I'm the sum of the top five people in my life. But what about you? What are you like five years from now? If you're not happy with your, maybe, maybe you don't have that top, but maybe that, maybe it's the bottom five that's driving your life right now and they're taking you further away from Christ. Is that what you want? What do you want to look like in five years? Think about that for a second. What do you want to look like in five years? How about financially? How do you see yourself five years from now financially? 
I mean, do you see yourself on the track to maybe retiring one day? Do you see the debt load increasing and not decreasing? Do you see yourself paying off all your debt? What do you, five years from now, what do you see? And the last one, which you're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about today is your spiritual life. Your next step in your spiritual life. What does your spiritual life look like? Like, do, do you, like and, and, and I have friends of mine, they, they start on fire and they're, they're at church every week and then slowly but surely they dwindle away. Five years from now, what do you want to look at? I want to look in the mirror five years from now. I want to go, you know something? I am closer to Christ now than I've ever been in my life. That I love Jesus more than I've ever loved Jesus. I love the people that I'm doing ministry. I love everything about ministry. I love ministry. And I don't want to do just another 10 years. I want to do another 20 years if the Lord will allow me to do that. Instead of, I'll be honest with you, this morning I walked into the place, and if you just want absolute transparency, I walked in this place at first and was like, I can't wait to get today over. Anybody else? I'm human. Like there's football on the day and, and, and I'm tired and I need a vacation from our vacation. And, and, but I watched baptism. We had six people signed up and three more came in. We're, we're baptizing 16 plus in this service. There's nothing but, there should be nothing but, but you know something will happen. If I don't watch and figure out what that five years looks like, I could be out of ministry real soon because I can get frustrated. And it made me think, all week long, it made me think about a passage that I've been kind of just dwelling on, hovering over, and it's found in Hebrews chapter 5.11, and it says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain. Watch this, especially since you are spiritually dull. Wow. Man, the writer of Ephesians, I mean, the writer of Hebrews is wearing them out. You are spiritually dull. I really think 2,000 years after this was written, we can superimpose that same statement over the the large majority of churches in the United States. We've become more about entertainment and, and worried about tickling people's ears than what's the word of God say? Spiritually dull and seem to listen. Verse 12, you have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. You are at a place in your life that you should be the one taking next steps. That you should be leading people in next steps. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have a skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This is a group of people that have not taken a next step that God's encouraged them. It's time to take some next steps. I, I was saying, I love word pictures. Uh, whenever I read a scripture, I, I generally get a word picture and a word picture that came to my mind about this one right here. Anybody ever been to a place in Chattanooga? It's called Lookout Mountain. Anybody ever been there? We were there last year. You get up the highest part of the mountain. You can see seven states, seven different states, right? It's beautiful. It's magnificent. You see mountain ranges and you see all the valleys and you can see the Smokies and you can see all that really great stuff. But did you know that below the surface of this mount, this that's looking over, is the largest in the United States underground waterfalls. It's called Ruby falls. It's magnificent. It's hidden inside. And I'm telling you, that's a vivid illustration of what God wants in us. The exact opposite of what he's talking about in Hebrews. Yes, he wants the outside of us looking good. We're standing on lookout. We look out mountain, but he wants something of great substance on the inside. And do you have the great substance that's on the, the magnificent of that Ruby falls that's coming down? Is that on the inside of your life or are you just living on the outside. Now here's the deal. Some of you go, I don't want to be, I want to, spiritual growth is hard. And it takes years and years and years. And that's why I say five years. 
So what do you do? Here's the first thing. We must pursue whatever our next step is with determination and intentionality. Determination and intentionality. See, your next steps you take today will shape who you become five years from right now. Galatians chapter six. If you don't know it, this is what it says. It talks about, it's the law of sowing and reaping. What you sow, you will reap. So if you're not sowing good things right now, guess what? You're not gonna reap good things down the road. That's why we've gotta change the things we're doing right this very second in order for five years to have something, something of substance. This, it's, this is what's been said. You are born when you're born, and think about this, when you're born, you look like your parents, maybe. Some of us are glad. Some of you are glad. When you're born, you look like your parents. When you die, you look like your habits. When you're born, you look like your parents. And when you die, you look like your habits. Whatever your habits have been for years and years and years, that's what you end up looking like. So here's the deal. If you don't like the trajectory of your life, what are you going to do about it? You can just keep doing the same things you've been doing over and over again. I love the way Craig Rochelle says it. He says, everybody plans on going somewhere, but not everybody plans on going somewhere on purpose. See, I want to be on purpose. I want to be intentional in where I'm going with, with, with my marriage and with my relationship and with my physical body and my spiritual life and my finances. I want to be intentional in all these things. So do you like the trajectory of your life? If you don't, it's easy. Change your next step. Instead of the next step being this over here that sows to the flesh, make it something that sows to the spirit. So the question is, do you like it? See, intentions, listen to me, intentions are different than, than intentionality. You know that, right? Intentions mean I really like to do it. But you can only hope so much to happen. You've got to be intentional in the things you're doing. The writer of Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others You've been doing this so long that you should be teaching others. And he said, instead, you need some, someone teach, te, uh, to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. See, I'm going to throw this. Many, many people, and maybe even in this room, right? Many people, they know the deal. They, get, they, they, they came to Christ. Like, I'm assuming that the majority of people here are believers. We've came, we come to Christ. And we get rid of a couple bad habits, right? We get rid of maybe smoking and drinking, Okay. Because, you know, and here, just by the way, smoking and drinking are not going to get you to hell. They may get you to heaven faster, <laughs> but they're not going to get you to hell. Okay? That, I, that's, that's right? Oh, am I right? Theology? Good on this, Alan? Okay. Just got to check with the XP. I, mean, I don't want to lose my job over something stupid. I can do that all by myself. Okay, so we get rid of those things. And what we do is we add a couple things, right? So we get rid of a couple things and we add. So we're going to add, what we're going to do is we're going to go to church and then we're going to go to VBS because that's a limited, like, I'm limiting how much exposure I have to whole Jesus thing. And I could beat a kid if I need. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're not going to do that journey. No, why not? But do you see what I'm saying? And we can talk the talk and we do all the stuff and we, and we say all the right things, but there's still something missing. And see, a lot of us think that that's what spiritual maturity looks like. That we're just gonna, we're gonna take some things, we're gonna put some things in, and it's gonna change everything. Matthew chapter 22, or 23 says it like this. Listen, he's talking to religious people in this passage. He says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. 
For you are like whitewashed tombs. This is a great picture. Whitewashed tombs which are outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead, dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of what? Hypocrisy and lawlessness. You look good on the outside. This is the exact opposite of look at mine. You look good on the outside, but there's something missing on the inside. I, I know people like that. Have you ever met people like that? They look good on the outside, but you, you spend a little bit of time with them, you know, on, on the golf course or maybe in a fishing boat, or you're, you're hanging out with them doing whatever women do, and all of a sudden you just go, oh, what's going on there? That, that's a little weird. Like, that, that's not a Christ, a Christ follower shouldn't be like that. See, here's the problem. We can remain neutral in our spiritual life if we want to. There's actually a place in Haiti that you can park your car on a hillside and it actually, you put it in neutral and it goes uphill. It's, they call it gravity hill. It just goes up. I don't know how it works. It's devil stuff, okay? It just goes up the hill, right? We, we don't go there anymore because like, no. But what happens if you do that in a hill in Georgia? You put your car, I saw it happen. Watch this. Last year, uh, a year and a half ago, it was during COVID, right? So I was at the boat ramp at Wildwood. And I saw, I saw a guy in a boat, he had a boat and a trailer and a truck, and he, put, he was backing his truck down. And instead of putting it in park, he must have put it in neutral. And it slid all the way down the boat ramp, proving that some people should never be able to have a boat, okay? All the way down the boat ramp, all the way up to the windows, the front windows, the boat went all the way down. That's what happens when you're on a hillside and you put your car in neutral. In our lives, I'm gonna let you what. Man, spiritual life is an uphill battle. And so many people put their car in neutral on that thing. Listen, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. That's exactly what scripture says. Listen to what it. He says, so let us stop talking or going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deed and placing our faith in God. And drop down to verse three, it says this, and so God willing, watch this, I love these words, we will move forward to further the understanding. We're gonna move forward. We're not gonna put it in neutral. So in our lives, we need to be, first of all, we need to be very, 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 very intentional. And then we also need to do it with great determination. Well, here's the second thing. I want us all to get this. This is really important. Taking the next step reveals what's important to us. Whatever you do spiritually shows the importance of it. How many, people, how many people's phones in this room are super important to you? Shut up. I watched, I watched some of us. Last night, last night, I went deer hunting. Me, me and my dad went deer hunting. I, dro I dropped my dad off. I go right around the other side of the property, and I get out of my truck, and I go all the way to the deer stand, and I'm going, man. I walk all the way back to my truck to get my phone. I like some of you, you can't go to the bathroom without, oh, that's just gross. And then you want to shake my hand. So this lady, Washington State, she has her phone. She's at a, it's a campground and it's a latrine. It's not even a real bathroom. So it's a latrine and she's, she, she, she's on the phone doing her business. She drops her phone. Okay, here's the $100 million question. What are you doing it? I'm spending $1,000 and buying another phone. She goes digging through the stuff. Well, she can't reach it. So she takes the toilet top off. She puts it over here. She's laying down with her arm like this. 
she's doing this number right here. The whole structure collapse and she falls in and she comes out going, got my phone. That phone, two fire departments it took to get her out of there. What's important to you? Seriously now, is your relationship important that you have with Jesus? Is it the most important thing? Is it so important that you're willing to lose some sleep to spend some time with him in the morning? Is it, is it, is it, is it important enough is it important enough, hear me on this, is it important enough that some of those relationships that are taking you to the wrong direction that you're willing to break those relationships? Is it important enough that you're willing to go, you know something, there's some relationships over here, maybe in church or maybe you know, a, a small group Bible study or whatever, there's some relationships over here that I need to be a part of because they're gonna take me in the right direction. See, see, what is important to you, you'll demonstrate, you'll show it, you'll be a part of it, you spend toward it. The Bible says this, where your heart is, your treasure is also. So whatever's important to you, you spend money on, you do the, all those kind of things. See, there's a next step, and this is what I, I, I'm convinced of. This next step, these next steps bring stability and, 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 and just, just something that's, that's like, an, like the scriptures is an anchor to our soul. Uh, so I've asked this question before. I almost did a series a couple years ago called Where Are They Now? And the reason I was going to do it is because over the years I've lost, there's lots of people that came to church and then they stopped coming to church or they were, they were serving in a ministry and they stopped serving in the ministry or they were on the worship team and they stopped. And I've had friends of mine that have walked, walked away from faith and I go, why? And you know, I've realized that lots of people put all their hope in church or they put all their hope in people or they put all their hope in a style of ministry, or they put all their hope in a, a certain, you know, like we're Maverick City Worship. I'm, Ooh, I love them, except for the 48-minute songs. I love them. <laughs> I can only sing Jaira so many times. I get it. I can sing this song backwards. But you know what I'm saying? But here's the deal. But you know what I've really, and I did, so 30 years ago, when I, 30-something years ago when I became a believer, I went to a church and one of the pastors said, you know something, as long as you always anchor your hope in Jesus, you'll never have to worry about anything else. As long as you anchor your hope in Jesus, all the other stuff, church, can I be honest with you? Church will let you down. I'll let you down. Our leaders will let you down. Alan will let you down. Church will let you down. You know, the world will let you down. But one thing will never let you down is Jesus. This is what it says in Hebrews. I love I love the way it says in verse 17, it just says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. Watch this. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for a refuge and have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Verse 19 is pivotal. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for the soul. And it leads us through the curtain into the God's inner side. It holds us tight to what's important. When everything is going wrong, can I tell you this? Jesus is still my anchor. When church lets me down, Jesus is still my anchor. When this world doesn't make any sense, when you fail me, or when I fail you, Jesus is still the anchor. We never need to forget that. Let me give you the last thing. We'll close right here. Showing love to others is the next step that God wants all of us to take. 
Alan had up there a minute ago, and I love it. it Next step is anything that brings you or someone else closer to Jesus. And sometimes we, get, we want the, I want to be closer to Jesus part. I want to be deeper. I want to be all that stuff. But sometimes we forget that our actions many times are leading other people to Jesus. They're, our actions are leading people closer to that cross. I, I love the story of when, when Jesus is, is reinstating Peter. He asked him three times the same question. And lots of theologians think he asked him three times because he denied him three times. And so he asked him three times. He said this three times. He said, do you love me? And he said three times, you know I do. The last time he gets angry. Now, why would Jesus do that? Because he was really not so concerned about Jesus, uh, Peter loving him. It was the statement right after that when he said, well, then feed my sheep. If it's important to you, feed my sheep. If it's important to you, feed my sheep. If it's important to you. See, here's the deal. Lots of us think spiritual maturity is singing the right songs or the right look or going through it. That has nothing to do with spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is what we do with the love that Christ dumped inside of us. How are we handing that out to people around? It's a do something faith that God wants us to have. Let me read a couple passages of scripture real quick. This is, what, this is how he describes it. The Bible defines it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. This is what he says. Therefore, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. John 13, 35. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Hebrews chapter 6, 11. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others uh, uh, as long as life lasts. Do you, do you get a sense of this? It's a do something faith. So Alan said something in first service, and he didn't say in the second service, I don't believe, but he said everybody's got a step, and he said Bobby, even Bobby has a next step, which the fact is Bobby has several next steps. And I thought I would share my next step, and maybe we can, as a faith community, all share a next step together, that we all can go in the same direction with this idea that loving others is the next step that God wants us to have. So part of my 2024, not a resolution, but part of me in five years being what God wants me to be, this is one of my next steps. I'm gonna ask myself the same question. I already started a couple days ago, asked myself the same, actually three questions every morning. Here's the first thing. What is the most loving thing that I can do? What's, what's the most, what, what does that look? What's the most loving thing I can do? The second part of that question is what is the most loving thing I can do for those that I serve with, meaning my team, our staff, our volunteers, our amazing volunteers. One of the things that if you, I, I don't know that you guys noticed this, but like we never make it about numbers around Journey. We never, you'll never see us. So we had 4,000 people here at Christmas Eve. I don't know what we had. I still to this day, I don't know. I think we had a good amount. But what we wanna do is we wanna love our volunteers and we blow, every staff person blows up like their volunteer teams. What can we do for the people? How can I love the people that serve around me? And the last thing is this, there's another last question. When I'm, who am I developing a relationship with that for the sole purpose is to expand the kingdom? Unchurched person far from Christ. Not in my us four and no more party. It's way over there. They, they, they probably are not the, the people that we would necessarily choose to pick, but God is putting them in our lives to breeze and bring the kingdom and expand the kingdom. Who is that person? I'll go back to the story. We'll close right here. I'll go back to the story that Alan talked about. It's found in Mark chapter two. And they drop the guy through the roof. Well, they lower him. They didn't really drop him. They would have paralyzed and a broken cranium, but they lower him. And I love that Alan said it. And he looked at the four and said, it's because of your faith. Can I, I'm gonna ask an honest question. Who are you lowering down right now? Who is it that God's called you to lower down to love like crazy? You may be the person on the mat too, but that doesn't relinquish you of lowering people down. Who, 
Who are you making a relationship, developing a relationship that it's to expand the kingdom? Not this kingdom, the kingdom. Amen? Everybody has a next step. I'm gonna challenge you this year to figure out what yours is. Become spiritually mature. Not the way the world looks at it, but the way God looks at it through his Holy Scripture. In a minute, we're gonna have a bunch, I don't know, 16,000 people, I think, getting baptized in the next couple of minutes. It's gonna be exciting. And I'm gonna ask them, they can kind of make their way down as I'm getting ready to pray. But can I just say something? Maybe you didn't come today even prepared for baptism. That's okay. Um, we would still like to be a part of your next step. We have extra clothes and all that kind of stuff. We would love to be a part of that next step. So if you wanna be a part of that, just make your way down also if you wanna get baptized. Maybe something today in the words of a song or maybe a scripture that was read or maybe it was something that was said today just kind of pierced your heart and you realize that you have to take that next step. So let's pray together real quick. I want you to ask, I'm gonna stand up. I want you to stand up with me real quick. Let's pray. God, as we get ready to worship a little bit more through baptisms and song, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just permeate every nook and cranny of this place. There's nothing better than this. I, I, I love this. This is what we were designed to do. And I pray that every person that's being baptized today senses you in a way they've never sensed you before. But God, I also pray that every person in this room would be challenged today with the op opportunity to take their next step, whatever that looks like. And so for some, God, it may be just saying, Jesus, I take you as number one right now. So I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for 2024. And I thank you for 2023 because we saw life change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextstepsjourneycommunity.net.